Is there a prayer that ranks above all? One that's worth more than anything? One that we could measure as being a pearl of great price that we would sell everything to obtain? We know and we've been taught since our catechism days, right, that the Our Father is the perfect prayer. This is true. There is, however, one more form of prayer that also ranks above all and is the perfect prayer, in which the very purpose or the end of prayer happens in one simple moment. Pope Francis, in a 2017 general audience, stated, The Mass is prayer, or rather, It is the prayer par excellence, the highest, the most sublime, and at the same time, the most concrete. It is an encounter with the Lord. And this is not just some thought of Pope Francis, but it echoes throughout the ages. Some may see this as a contradiction, right? How can the Mass and the Our Father both be the greatest prayer? Just because there's two greatest prayers doesn't mean it's a contradictory of each other. Both can be a perfect prayer. And they're both perfect prayers for the same reason. That they were given to us by Jesus Christ himself. And that they cover all of the elements of prayer that need to be covered. The Catechism tells us that the Eucharist is the source and the summit of our faith. And in regards to prayer, this means that all of my private prayer, all my devotional prayer, all of the elements of prayer that we've gone through over the last three weeks should lead me to the Eucharist. The goal of prayer is union with God. So if we properly understand the Eucharist, then this goal is achieved by the reception of the Eucharist. As we receive into our bodies and our souls the very person of Jesus Christ in an intimate way that's unmatched by any other prayer we could possibly partake in, this is achieved. The Eucharist also fits all these types of prayers, right? A prayer of prayer, a prayer of praise, of adoration, of petition, of intercession, of thanksgiving, of sacrifice. Right? The greatest prayer that Jesus offered, that Jesus made, was his own sacrifice on the cross. And the Mass makes this very prayer, this very act of Jesus present. And we become one with it. In this moment, the sacrifice of Jesus becomes our own sacrifice. His own merits become ours. And we're able to approach God the Father with worthy hearts because we enter into that very sacrifice of Jesus. His prayer becomes ours. Our prayer becomes His. On the night before he died at the Last Supper, 
Jesus created this very prayer that extended his own suffering and death into eternity. Lastly, the Eucharist is communal. Right? Through the Eucharist, not only are we brought into this perfect communion with God, but also with the human family, both living and dead. Right? We're brought into perfect communion with them. As it said in the preface before we sing the Holy Holy, right, with all the angels and the saints, we're surrounded in that exultant prayer of praise. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of hosts. Right, the Mass isn't just an earthly prayer, but also the one prayer that takes place in heaven. Over these fa- past few weeks, We've been going through the parables where Jesus is proclaiming the kingdom of God. And there's this tension that exists that the kingdom of God is both in heaven, but it's also now. And when we pray, we bring the kingdom of God now into the reality. But there's this great moment at the Mass that those two realities collide with each other. That our reality of now becomes the reality of the eternity in heaven. That we're joined together. And thus my prayers, my fruits of prayer, everything that I've had through the last week as I bring it to the altar, it becomes part of that eternal prayer. So practically, what does this mean for us? As I said, as I pray throughout the week, the Mass is in no way meant to replace my personal prayer. In fact, personal prayer is meant to better dispose me to be able to receive grace at Mass. So if I'm doing my daily examine, if I'm reading Scripture regularly, if I'm praying regularly, then my awareness of those graces that I've received throughout the week, especially through doing that daily examine, make it easier for me when I come to Mass to call those graces to mind and to place them on the altar as a sacrifice to Jesus. We're returning his gifts to us as a gift to him. Right? This is an occasion that re-gifting is okay. Right? That we give that gift back to Jesus. And in turn, He gives that gift back to us and sanctifies it even more, seals those gifts with his sanctifying grace. Sunday Mass, then, becomes not just one day of duty, but the end of a week's prayer and really the height of prayer. But it also becomes a catalyst to drive me into prayer the next week. 
One last point on prayer. It is the unseen that is the most powerful in prayer. I think often when we think of prayer, we can exaggerate the things that are seen, the things that are felt, the emotions. It's not those things that are the most powerful in prayer. Prayer is not about the feelings, but about the reality. Mother Teresa has a great example of this, right? Throughout her life, and we only learned this after her death, after her journals were released, right? That she wrote of this great spiritual desolation that she had throughout her whole life, not even feeling the presence of God during most moments. Yet it was in those moments that she knew she was closest to God, that she was with Jesus on the cross. It would be a mistake for me to associate feelings with prayer. I'm sure that when Jesus was on the cross suffering, right, he probably didn't have those feelings that we often associate with good prayer. Now, it shouldn't be mistaken. Sometimes the Lord does give those to us, and we should delight in those moments. They are a gift. But when we come to Mass and we receive Jesus' body and blood, despite what we may feel, it's in that moment that we receive the most profound grace that we ever will in our lives. I'll close with this. The opening prayer we heard today asked that we may use the good things that pass in such a way as to hold fast even now to those that ever endure. Right? That we may use those gifts of this life that are passing, that are just blessings that go away. And that we turn and give those gifts back to God so that we may cling to the gifts that last forever. And so as we enter into the celebration and the sacrifice at the altar in a moment, when the offertory is made, make a note of those graces of prayer. Those are things that eternally endure. Right? Those graces of prayer that we've had over the last week. And also those graces that were worldly, not in the bad sense of the word, but worldly graces, and that we offer those as a sacrifice to him, as a gift to him. But this is the greatest prayer that we can make.